This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich off sports betting. To repeat, we're not going to get you rich. There's sleazeballs abound all over the internet. We'll be happy to take your money to chase down that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you could afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome to episode 10 of the Jay and Silent Rob podcast. Got a little mix-up for you, a special episode. We're going to start it off with a guest interview focused on the NBA and focused on DFS, specifically in the NBA. After that, I'll hop on with Jay and we'll cover some other NBA-related topics. But for now, enjoy this interview. Absolutely. And I actually played a little bit during the JV years. Varsity years, I, I didn't really play. So, uh, you know, JV years were, were, were my highlight for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then we actually had a class at UMBC together. Was that five years ago? We kind of just randomly walked into like a, a – was it a foreign policy class? Yeah, U.S. <laughs> foreign policy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, what's good? And uh, now you, you kind of reached out after hearing my podcast and uh, seeing some of the stuff I've been putting on social media. And uh, you kind of realize, oh, look, our, our paths crossed again. So I'm excited you re- you've reached out. And usually for, with this podcast, uh, I'm kind of like the, the, the pro and, and my buddy Robinson, he's the uh, he, he's the Joe, like asking the 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 you know basic questions but now we're kind of gonna we're gonna flip it because you have played dfs both football and basketball much longer than i have and you have kind of you kind of specialize in nba and i've never played the nba dfs i'm looking to kind of use this as a trial year to, to learn about the league and learn about dfs in particular uh how about for someone like myself who i, I mean i followed the nba fairly well but let's even just say someone maybe more of a novice the NBA. What, what are some things that people should know about the NBA, um, maybe other than the, the Chinese scandal? Although you, you're a fourth <laughs> policy guy, so maybe you want to dive into that as well. <laughs> no, I'm not touching that at all. At all. <laughs> but I guess uh, in general, what you should know about the NBA is uh, the league is transitioning. It's much more space and pace now. Um, just more positionless basketball. Even though on the DFS sites you have to play guys by position, um, I think it's it's important to recognize the roles that each guy plays on each team. So like a guy like LeBron might say he's a power forward, but he's not a power forward. He's gonna be running point guard for the Lakers this year. Um, and there's like generally just a lot of overturn this season. Um, usually we can go to the year and sort of project uh, lineups for each team pretty accurately. Uh, but this year, since there was so much turnover in the offseason, it was one of the crazier offseasons I can remember. Um, it's going to be really, really important just to stay up and just know as much about the teams as possible, especially early on in the year um, when most people are sort of just jumping in without any background information. Um, so I, I would say that's that's probably the most important thing just in general if you're playing NBA DFS is uh, just knowing the teams ins and outs, knowing the entire roster, knowing who's good at what and uh, what role they're going to play, um, just so you have, like, accurate information uh, when you're making your decisions. All right. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I like that LeBron example because, you know, even we're talking about, you know, point guards or point forward or power forward, um, you know, I think everything is, like, scheme-specific, right, in terms yeah. of, like, you know, we can call him whatever he wants, but he's LeBron James on the Lakers, you know. <laughs> like he is, yeah, exactly. There's no, one, there's no one who can, like, compare to that, right? Uh, so that's, that's a really interesting point. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've – 
followed it kind of on the side as, as a casual fan. And I never really grew up with, with a, you know, NBA background. You know, I mean, you remember back in the days, you and I, uh, you know, talking about Maryland basketball and UNC basketball, uh, you know, our area okay. is more, more, or the college basketball area, but I mean, the NBA has definitely improved its product. Um, it's it's mo- presented much, uh, you know, crisper than it used to be. It's much the product itself is is just more, uh, you know, uh, fun to watch. And Adam Silver's done a really good job. You know, he was like the first one to get into sports betting you know, for all the major sports. So uh, I know he's going to put his best foot forward to make you know sports betting. Uh, integrated smoothly into this league. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? You think of like baseball and football. It's almost like they go out of their way to like put barriers. In, oh yeah. For, for betting, even though it's like increasing their their bottom line so much. But I feel like Adam Silver is doing a really good job being open minded and 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 then realizing this is a huge revenue source and we should embrace. You know. Oh yeah. So. There's they're gonna there's gonna be betting in stadiums pretty soon. You're gonna be able to bet. You know who's gonna make the next shot like while you're sitting in your seat. Um, so the NBA is definitely like really leaning in on it. You know, they're, they're getting out of the curve. And that's the one thing that I would say about them, about the league in general, is that over the past few years, they've really decided they want to be the known as the forward thinking league um, where they've really like embraced the social media thing. Like, I don't know if you're on Twitter, but NBA Twitter is the best Twitter that there is. <laughs> um, it's it's so much fun. Just like on a random Wednesday night, like, you know, NBA Twitter's so many jokes, so many funny guys. Uh, you know, a lot of beat writers who are interacting with with fans and things like that. So, yeah, it's definitely like the product is definitely one of the better ones as far as professional sports goes. Um, I don't know if it'll ever reach the peaks of the NFL, um, but, uh, you know, for a night to night sport, like there's never a dull moment. Right. Uh, you know, hashtag this league. No, no right. doubt about that. And uh, but yeah, and as a better, you know. I look at this as, you know, there, there's 200 NFL games in, in a regular season. There's 1,230 regular season games for an NBA. So there's just so many more opportunities to bet. Um, there's so many, obviously more games. So I'm kind of using this as a trial year. I'm really excited to, to uh, you know, learn more about it. I mean, I love basketball in general. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun this year. So what is your uh, approach to NBA DFS and how does it differ from football? So maybe explain to me, is it? Cash games, tournament, a little bit of both. What, what are some things as somebody that's fairly decent at, at DFS football? What should I know about, first of all, your approach and also how NBA uh, differs or is similar? Um, so as far as my like game selection approach, uh, I stick to pretty much the same, uh, mostly single entry, uh, mid-stake single entry stuff. I'll dabble in some of the larger field GPPs, but especially with NBA with it being every single night, um, you can really drain your bankroll really fast playing a lot of those large field GPPs. Um, so if you are going to play those, I would recommend using like a pretty small portion of your bankroll every night. Um, as far as like player selection goes, um, the NBA is the most projectable sport that there is. Uh, with the NFL and with baseball, you have these sort of like big events that happen, home runs and touchdowns that really skew uh, the fantasy point outcomes or with nba it's much more methodical right there's 100 possessions a game um guys can score multiple different ways um so i'm much more likely to stick closer to the projections in nba than i am in nfl um just because the variance is is so much lower with so many different scoring opportunities um yeah absolutely and that's just uh 
you know, that that's one of the things where I think the average person doesn't realize how big of a difference that makes when you're, uh, you know, trying to project a sport. You know, for example, yesterday we saw two events that um, that have such a big impact on football that would never obviously impact basketball. So one I think of is like Russell Wilson throwing a pick six. Like right. that's such such a you know first of all an outlier event and second of all such an impactful event, and then third or excuse me secondly was like the Redskins uh, 49ers game weather being an impact. Right. Like it's obviously always indoors, so that's never a problem. But you know it's, it's a right there off the bat because you know I've played college basketball for a long time. It's actually my bread and butter, so that's one of the reasons I love it as well. Is it's way less variables. There's way more uh, possessions to demonstrate, you know, your the, the better team skill. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that, that's awesome in terms of how you're able to bring that into your NBA DFS and your, uh, you know, your roster crea- creation. Um, is there anything about the NBA before you want to talk about your weekly column or what? Um, I guess I would say for someone who's new to NBA DFS, uh, the number one most important thing that you can do right now is get on Twitter, follow Fantasy Labs NBA, and subscribe to notifications. Because the one thing that the NBA does have that those other sports don't have is late scratches and late injury news that will swing an entire slate. And if you're not up, if you're not up, if you're not caught up on that stuff, you're gonna be playing with one with one arm behind your back. So I would say the most important thing is to make sure that you have a source of news that you trust and uh, just be by your computer up until lock because I remember a bunch of times last year lineups lock typically at seven o'clock and at six fifty five it'll be like uh, Jimmy Butler's a late scratch and you have to change your entire lineup. So I would say that's the most important thing just from a high level perspective is just to make sure that you're on top of things. Yeah, absolutely, and that that affects the point spread too. I mean, if you watch oh, the yeah. lines, you watch the lines right before the game start, and you're like, oh, something's moving four points. It's like, all right, LeBron's out, or you know, right. whomever whomever major star is out, and uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I like about uh, betting on basketball is, you know, as someone like myself who considers himself a very basic modeler in terms of you know creating models for for projections mm-hmm. basketball is way more i don't, I don't want to ever call it easy but easier to model because there's so many fewer players involved you know right. so um yeah so, so it's definitely exciting and, and we'll be keeping up on it this uh this year and i'm excited to learn a lot hopefully make a little bit, bit of money but really more it's the process and, and learning for for next year and the year after um but yeah what about your weekly column i i posted it kind of late on sunday today right before lineups locked i don't know how many people got to see it but i i know i uh, benefited from it, even just from my season long. I made a couple adjustments in my season long leagues. I, I wasn't able to play DFS. I was in a state that that was uh, that bans DFS, unfortunately. But mm. uh, definitely, if I was making a lineup for my DFS, it would have helped. What, what, what do you got for us to this weekly column? Yeah, so every week I'm going to be writing a column where I look back at the previous week, sort of analyze my process, see what mistakes I made. Uh, Maybe touch on like some general theories with with DFS in the NFL and about you know how we can uh, capitalize on certain things or or you know just just really just analyzing my decision making process and hopefully by me being honest with myself and with the people that they'll they'll avoid some of the pitfalls that I make and then the second half of the article I'll touch on a few plays or games that I like I usually write it on Thursday um, so we don't have final injury news by then. Um, so it's subject to change. 
But yeah, I just want to like, you know, just give a broad overview of the week ahead and, uh, you know, give people something to think about going into the weekend. Yeah, that, that's great. And, and the biggest two things I hear there is how you just keep talking about reviewing, right? Looking mm-hmm. back to, to help you moving forward and just being process oriented. You know, we're not here to give you picks that are guaranteed to make you money. We're here to help you learn the industry, learn the thought process. And really, we want to gain things from it. You know, this is, you know, we, we want to create discussions. We want to create forums uh, uh, where we can learn as well. I mean, that, that that's kind of the whole idea here. Like, you know, we've talked about before. There's going to be plenty of people that, oh, we'll guarantee you these lineups are going to win, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, you might, you might get a lot and it might win you one day but then yeah. what, you gotta go buy them again and then you gotta you know, you know what i mean right anytime you're dealing with a market a market will catch up to you right so if you keep, if you're always relying on somebody else you're never going to be able to to you know reach your potential if you're always relying on somebody else so that's that's really exciting on my end the fact that you're you know you wanted to do this and you wanted to put stuff on the site and i'm really excited about it um where, where can people find you so yeah. I'm on Twitter at Mav Tyson. Um, it, it actually <laughs> funny story. It used to be my burner account, but uh, <laughs> since I started writing, I'm, I'm going to start tweeting more about uh, uh, DFS from the account. So uh, you can follow me there. You can get my insights on things. Um, and hopefully with the article, I can sort of explain my thinking process as I give out the picks, so people can sort of look at the stats and things that I that I that I look at. And I'll be posting some of that stuff to my Twitter as well. Excellent. Yeah, no burner accounts. They start off as jokes, and then it's like, uh, I guess, I guess it's just part of growing up. It's like, well, where does the trolling end? Where does my actual thoughts <laughs> right. land? You know. But uh, all right, man. Well, I appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing that information with us, and uh, looking forward to uh, you know learning more about the industry and, and hopefully taking some money down too. Yes, sir. Let's sir. Let's get it. All right. I'll see you soon. All right, man. So hopefully you guys got some uh, some tidbits out of there, and we're going to talk about a, a few of them. But beforehand, uh, Rob and I actually got to see each other this weekend in uh, fabulous Baton Rouge and a little bit in New Orleans, and uh, it was quite enjoyable. We said goodbye to a dear friend as we, we handed him off to his missus. But uh, pretty enjoyable ro- uh, weekend, Rob, would you, wouldn't you say? A lot of oysters, a lot of good times, good friends, a little too much drinking, uh, but overall a grand success. Absolutely. Um, definitely a good time. Definitely a little uh, bit older than we used to be because uh, a little painful after that weekend. But uh, someone needed, someone needed. I mean, it was definitely a good reason to, to enjoy ourselves, uh, but happy to be back. Um, I heard you had a little bit of an eventful uh, time getting back there, Rob. Indeed, indeed. Uh, New Orleans Airport is always a X factor in the uh, in the travel plans, but we had extra X factors. Uh, tornadoes in Dallas. I'll leave it at that. That's the uh, that's the main source of my my difficulty. Oh really? Oh shit! I didn't even think of that. So yeah, because you had a layover. Um, I just want a little heads up for you. They did not cut out of Sunday Night Football in Dallas, even though to like warn <laughs> to warn people locally. They left the Cowboys-Eagles game on in Dallas, and I thought that was funny. But now that I know that it caused you heartache, I don't find it as funny. But so it's still somewhat funny. But um, yeah, it's still pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah. So did you have any uh, take takeaways from that interview? Anything we touched on? 
Um, I know it's kind of big picture and you don't play DFS, but just the, the main differences between, you know, basketball and some of the other sports before we kind of get into odds and things of that nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The big one is less. So like just the fact that you, the maximum thing that can happen in a given play is four points, right. Um, compared to the big swings in football and baseball. Um, definitely interesting. I'm interested to hear as we go forward how that'll apply to the difference in, in kind of a DFS approach versus a betting approach. Um, both are obviously related and similar, but I, I like that. It's kind of like a more constrained, you know, possibility space in basketball where it's like it, it just can't get that far out of whack just because of the mechanics of it. It's like addition versus multiplication, right? Just not going to go that fast. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's kind of like we talked about the playoffs a couple episodes back where the NBA playoffs are the most, you know, the, the less upsets happen in it. Um, and that's why it's because basketball, you have to dominate a team for so many possessions that you can't get lucky. You pretty much truly have to be better. Um, of course, some randomness plays, you know, plays in a part. But compared to everything, uh, the other sports, it's a lot less, a uh, lot less random. So um yeah the biggest things are also there's no weather uh issues obviously every, all games are played indoors uh the there's less players too so it's more player specific and even someone like myself who's basic you know learning modeling and projections uh it's easier to project because there's you know a lot of times only eight to 12 players playing in a game on each side so it's easier to kind of isolate who's you know doing what so, uh, but yeah, it's going to be a fun year for the DFS. Uh, you know, I, I'm just going to play once a week and, and kind of just use this as a trial year. And I, I think a really important thing I took away from the interview is like, this is a, a great year. If you are getting new, you know, you're learning the NBA and try to take it seriously. Like I am, this is a great year to learn because there's so much turnover. So I'm just kind of going to have eyes wide open and just take things as they come. And if I don't make a dollar off of the NBA this year, that's, that's probably a good thing. And I just, you know, not even bet that much, just have a little skin in the game to keep me interested and occupied. But everything I'm kind of doing is for next year and beyond. So, uh, yeah, before we get into that, do you have any uh, idea who the favorite is for the MVP this year in the NBA? I do because I picked him. Um, the one good thing about the travel delay I thought we were going to miss, that I was going to miss the the NBA fantasy draft for the league that you set up. But thankfully I didn't, and I turned on my phone, which had been – I think I had like 8% battery left, uh, but I, I got most of the drafting done, and I picked Giannis third overall, and it seems clear he's um, he's the dude. Yeah, he's he's good at basketball. All signs say he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's decent at basketball. But yeah, uh, yeah, he's the favorite. You did, you did a good job. We really respected uh, you making it happen there in, in the draft. Uh, I know you're bummed you didn't get Kevin Love, but um, you know it's all good. Uh, yeah, so Giannis is the favorite this year. He's just under three to one, plus two seventy-five. Uh, Anthony Davis is the next closest favorite, plus three twenty-five. Steph Curry five, uh, just over five to one, plus five ten. James Harden seven to one, and LeBron James not even the favorite on his own team at ten to one, and Kawhi Leonard eleven to one. Those are the top six for the MVP rankings uh, this year. It's always an interesting uh, race and whatnot, especially because they, you know, do they give it to for stats, best t- best player, things of that nature. But it'll be an interesting thing to track. How about for these NBA championship odds? Do you know who the favorite this year is? 
which is a really funny sentence to say. Um, I do only because you said this to me beforehand. I I wouldn't have guessed this. I don't think, but it looks like a couple uh, a couple teams on the West Coast might be pretty good at, pretty good at ball this year. Yeah. So the uh, Los Angeles Clippers are the favorite in the NBA, which is just a funny funny phrase. Uh, the Lakers are four and a half to one. The Clippers are four to one. So the Clippers are nearly favored. Whereas the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks, are five and a half to one to win. The Rockets are seven to one. The 76ers are eight to one. And the Warriors are nine and a half to one. The Utah Jazz at 13 to one is another interesting one. But the, the big thing about this year is there's no clear cut uh, favorite. The Clippers are four to one. Uh, usually you see the favorite around like two to one, maybe plus one and a half. Like, but this year it's kind of known as a wide open NBA. The Lakers being that second favorite, that's kind of like a uh, not true. I mean, the odds are just as, but that's more because the the books have so much liability on the Lakers. Every Joe Schmo is like, oh, I want to bet on the Lakers, but the power the power rankings have the Clippers as a much better team than the Lakers. The Lakers' true odds should probably be that down where the Jazz are around 13, 15 to one. That's what I've read from a couple of bookmakers. Uh, yeah, so the NBA's projected finals, if everything was you know went to plan, would be the Los Angeles Clippers versus Milwaukee Bucks, which is just a funny sentence to to say. But <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't expect the Bucks to be that close to. The top, didn't they? I feel like they lost a couple important pieces this year. Yeah. Um, this is, but is going to be. The East is, East is decimated, so. Yeah, exa- exactly. I mean, I know they lost Malcolm Brogdon and whatnot, but I'm not even going to pretend to justify it with answers. A lot of our analysis this year is just going to be strictly the numbers from last year to this year. And like I said, we're going to kind of just be treating this as a learning year. So I'm really just kind of like documenting everything, watching the league and adjusting as it goes on. But it's going to be, it's going to be fun to kind of track throughout the year. Um, I will say one thing for championship odds. A lot of people I respect in, for other sports, at least they like the 76ers. Uh, they added Al Horford, I believe, and I, they had some good draft picks. The guy from Washington, uh, uh, Thibel, I think his name is. He's a really good defensive player. But I, I was just looking at their roster, and they, they, they a lot of depth on that team. So my two cents, I really like the 76ers. Uh, you know me. I'm always a, a fan of Philly sports, so uh, maybe <laughs> I'm just pulling, pulling the homer card there. But uh, if I – you know – if I was able to – if someone gave me $100 to bet on this, I think I'd, I'd take a long shot on there. But we'll see as the year goes if that uh, comes to fruition or not. Anything uh, you want to put a theoretical $100 bill on there, Rob? Warriors, 9.5 to 1. You and I actually talked about this. It's one of the first times that I brought up a betting idea to you. After um, – I think right after the championship, the Warriors, the whole narrative looked like shit. Kawhi and KD had just got hurt. We didn't know where KD was going. Um, I don't know if that's changed significantly. Um, but, yeah, dude, Warriors, unloved, still really good. Yeah, I mean, I actually talked about this with a couple of people. I think I'm waiting till mid-year because Steve Kerr just mentioned that, that Clay Thompson's probably not going to play this year. But they're going to do everything they can to get him ready. Uh, I think they might start off kind of slow, you know, underwhelming, but at the end of the day, this is still a dynasty and they had like what, two freak injuries last year and they still almost won the the whole thing. So, uh, I also think removing Durant was probably a, a net positive, but that, that's more gut than, uh, you know, the numbers telling me, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. 
we'll move into division by division. So for the Atlantic division, that's the 76ers, Celtics, Raptors, Nets, and Knicks. The 76ers are favorite minus 200. Uh, next closest are the Celtics and the Raptors. At uh, Celtics are four and a half to one, and the Raptors are five to one. I know the Celtics were huge favorites last year. I think they were like even money to win the East, and then they just completely underwhelmed. Uh, but yeah, the 76ers have pretty sizable favorites in the, the Atlantic. Uh, staying in the East, moving to the Central Division, the Bucks are huge favorites, minus 800. Uh, the only other team with uh, single-digit odds are the Pacers at plus 500. Uh, Pistons plus 2,000, Bulls plus 10,000, and the Cavaliers plus 25,000. So it's looking like the Bucks division to win. The Moving to the southeast, which is kind of known as the weakest division in the east, the Miami Heat are pretty much one-to-one favorites. Uh, then the Orlando Magic are just under two-to-one. Then the Hawks, who are like the young Hawks kind of upstart team, they're six and a half to one, and then the bottom feeders of the Wizards, which are two thousand one, and the and Charlotte, I mean not two thousand one, they're plus two thousand, so essentially twenty to one, and the Hornets are about uh, fifty to one or plus five thousand. I think those odds are actually short. If you go to some other books, they're actually way longer than that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a weaker division. Uh, moving to the West, we go with the Northwest division. The Jazz are slight favorites over the Nuggets at plus 125. The Nuggets are plus 140. The Trailblazers are plus 450. And the Timberwolves plus 2,500. And the Oklahoma City Thunder are plus 3,300. Both the Thunder and Timberwolves uh, numbers are short. They should be way longer than that. The Pacific Division, this is going to be the fun one. Uh, The Clippers are favorites, minus 150. The Lakers are in second there, plus 250. Golden State, 4-1. to So they're only the third favorite in their own division. It's kind of hard to read. It's crazy to think about. The Kings plus uh, 5,000, so 50 to 1. And then the Suns, your Suns, are uh, plus 50,000. So, um, yeah, maybe put a $5 bill on that or just burn it. Either way, <laughs> it should be fun. Uh, and then finishing off in the Southwest Division, the Rockets are pretty sizable favorites, minus 400. Uh, Spurs are plus 600. Then the Mavericks plus 1,000. The Pelicans plus 1,400. And the Grizzlies uh, plus 15,000. So that's just the division kind of layouts. Um, like I said, in my other sports, so football and baseball, I don't even bet baseball day in, day out. I just do futures and division bets, stuff like that. And that's kind of where I want to start with the NBA. So I'm tracking this year. And, you know, if I just see a major misprice, I'll, I'll jump in on some of these. Uh, but the football and baseball, this is a pretty sizable moneymaker for me. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to branch out to the NBA and try to get into this market. Um, I just think it's something where you can kind of, it's not as popular, so you can kind of find maybe some bad numbers up there. And that's really something I don't mention enough in, in this podcast is you're, you're going to be way more profitable as a sports better, just capitalizing on, on bad numbers then like oh you did this great research and you you uh, you know found this nugget and what I mean you you can make money that way but really you're just finding inefficiencies in the marketplace so you're just finding misprices and you know the bookmaker just essentially makes a mistake uh, and you're gonna find that more often in division prices than you are in the traditional betting because those lines are there's so much more um, volume in those and you know it's so much more popular so just something I, I'm starting to track and. 
you know, I, I'm going to take a look at this year, but I probably won't have any bets till next year for that one. Anything jump out to you there, Rob, other than, you know, you taking your sons to, uh, to win maybe 10 grand, put a couple, couple bucks on it. No, I'm going to wipe my butt with some dollar bills. <laughs> of doing that. Um, no, I'm interested in like relative volumes, I guess. So like, uh, futures, NBA championship futures market, you know, is this one quarter of the size of the NFL, one-tenth, one percent? Yeah, I, if I, I'd probably say like 25 to 30 just because the NBA is so top-heavy, so it can probably c- compare with that. Uh, what the NFL has is just that, you know, it can turn – like tomorrow's game is the Vikings-Redskins. I mean that's like the equivalent of the Brooklyn Nets playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? Mm-hmm. I guess the the better one would be the Wizards playing the Timberwolves to keep the cities the same. But um, they can turn that into a marquee game tomorrow that millions upon millions of people will watch, whereas the NBA, no one's going to watch that game midweek. You know, so what what the NBA has is depth, and uh, depth in terms of number of games, but their their teams are usually top heavy, like you know, in terms of national following. Whereas the NFL doesn't have the depth of games, but it has the depth of following, like the. You just mm-hmm. get an NFL game out there, and there's people are gonna watch it. People are gonna, you know, bet on it. But mm-hmm. the NBA is catching up. It really is catching up. And one of the reasons I want to get into this, and we kind of briefly talked about the interview with Deverick, um, you know, they are like embracing gambling. They are, you know, welcoming gambling, and you know that that's directly against baseball. And football is finally starting to realize, like, wow, we're leaving trillions of dollars essentially on the table. Uh, baseball is just idiotic. I mean, it's perfect for betting, but they're so old school and traditional, they don't embrace it. And I get the history and whatnot, but it's like, Jesus Christ, like, you know, this is a huge industry. But whatever, I digress. Um, but yeah, so now all I want to do is just go team by team, uh, t- say the win total and what their win total was last year. So this is really not analysis from me. This is just essentially... I'm reading who's got the highest stats. So I'm going to go from most wins to the least amount of wins. And I'm going to read what their win total was at the beginning of last year. So we can kind of infer that, all right, hey, they're projected to be much better than where they were projected to be beginning of last year. So a pretty simple exercise. So we'll start with the Milwaukee Bucks. They are currently at about 56 and a half uh, wins, as they're projected at. Well, last year, their preseason were 48 and a half wins. Obviously, Giannis had a great year, took another level, or his game to another level, took the team to another level, being the one seed in the East. So, you know, that equates to an eight-point increase in expected win total. Um, And a lot of these elite teams, they don't even really go for the amount of wins because now they're, you know, they've reached the top of that. Now they're kind of more like we might rest more games to to compete for a championship and be a little bit fresher for uh, playoff time. The next highest is the Philadelphia 76ers. This year they're 40, 54 and a half wins. Last year they're 53 and a half. Uh, like I said, they added Al Horford. They lost uh, Jimmy Butler, I believe. But this team's got a lot of depth. Um, you know, it's not worth two cents. But they're my team to to win the East. Um, the next highest win total is the Houston Rockets. And you say, wow, well, the Rockets, you know, the Clippers and the Lakers were favored. Well, this goes back to the schedule thing. If you remember, the Rockets are in a pretty weak division. So that's why their odds are third highest here at 53 and a half wins. Last year, that 56 and a half wins. Um, but they play kind of, like I said, in a, in a weaker division. So that's why they're at, at 53 and a half. Only a slight downtick this year. Uh, obviously, they're adding Russell Westbrook, but they've lost Chris Paul. Um, 
so yeah, interesting to see how that goes this year. The Utah Jazz, they're at uh, 53 and a half. Last year they're at 50 and a half. I think they added Mike Conley this year. They're kind of trying to make that jump to the upper echelon. It'll be interesting to see if if they're able to do that or not. Um, the Los Angeles Clippers at 53 and a half. Last year they're at 37 and a half. I don't know if you heard, but they made a few additions to their team. But uh, Kawhi and Paul George. Are are some obviously some some huge help but what this team was known for last year was like their depth and they kept most of that depth so that's why a lot of people i've read so far you know people think the clippers and the lakers are like in the same uh you know ranking a lot of those people think the clippers are, are, are pretty much three to four points better already uh and it could be even more the nuggets at 52 and a half last year they were at 48 so a slight increase uh the joke kick if you will the guy I drafted uh, in our in our draft. He had an unreal year last year. Um, he's got some really funny baby pictures. Uh, so I, mean, I don't know how much his potential is, especially when you compare his physique to some of the other uh, individuals that were going in the first round of our fantasy draft. But he did put up some stats, so we'll see if that can continue. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers are 15 and a half. Uh, last year they were at 48. They underwhelmed a lot last year. Had a lot of turmoil. They bring in a lot of new pieces this year. I know that is the the truth and you know it's a big question mark um uh, you know lebron maybe just focus on making movies who knows uh we'll, we'll see the celtics are at 48 and a half last year they were at 59 so they completely underwhelmed last year they lost Kyrie, they lost uh, al horford uh so that's a huge jump down for them be interesting to see how they play with kemba and, and everyone else this year and maybe brad stevens is able to coach a little bit more now without the pressure and, and uh, maybe this chemistry wasn't right last year. Golden State Warriors at 47 and a half. Last year they're at 62, so a 15 point uh, deduction this year. Like we said, you know Durant's gone. Uh, you know injuries to Clay Thompson. At the end of the day, you still have Steph Curry. You know you still have uh, Draymond Green and, and some of the other pieces around there. And you know. I, Steph Curry's a bad man. He is really he's he is a is an unbelievable player. And you know, a lot of people make the argument maybe Curry kind of sacrificed a lot when Durant was there. So I know I, that's one of the teams I'll be following a lot to see how Curry responds now that he doesn't have to share the limelight with with uh, Durant. Next is the Indiana Pacers at 46 and a half. Uh, last year they're at 48. I know Victor Oladipo got hurt last year. Uh, they added Malcolm Brogdon. Interesting to see how they improve. Uh, Toronto Raptors, they are the defending champions, uh, which is a weird phrase as well. Their odds are 46.5 wins. They were at 56 last year, so obviously a big step back. Good on them for, you know, hey, they went for a championship. They got their championship. Um, you know, I respect any GM that, that pulls the trigger on stuff like that when they kind of see that, hey, we tried to get Quad stay here. We did everything we could. and you know, he didn't want to come, but we, we did what we could. We won a ring, so good for them. Portland Trailblazers, they're at 46 and a half. Uh, last year at 42 and a half. Dame had a great year last year. Uh, they're kind of always like perennial, you know, they're not bad. They're not decent, They're always, but they're not great. They're kind of in that middle. Maybe this is the year they kind of take that jump to upper echelon. San Antonio Spurs, 46 and a half. Last year they're at 42 and a half. Greg Popovich is still their coach. Um, you know, that's all I can really say about that. Uh, <laughs> Brooklyn Nets are at uh, 43 and a half. I actually know some people that, even though this is uh, 11 
wins higher from last year. They were at 32 and a half last year. And there's some people that really like the under just because they Kevin Durant's not playing this year. So they signed him. They have no incentive to rush him. Um, and they had to like do a lot of r- roster maneuvering to get the cap space to get him and DeAndre Jordan and Kyrie. So a lot of people are kind of viewing this as the Brooklyn Brooklyn's kind of just taking like a year to assemble to get ready for Durant next year. So I know some people that are taking the under actually on that bet. Uh, the Miami Heat, they're at 43 and a half this year. They're at 43 and a half last year. Um, they had Jimmy, they, they added Jimmy Butler, but there's kind of like question marks on how good he really is. Uh, the Orlando Magic, they're at 41 and a half last year. They were at 30 and a half. So I know they have a, they've been drafting in the top 10 a lot the last decade or so, and maybe they're starting to see the fruits of that those drafts with the increase of 10 wins this year, expected wins I should say this year. Dallas Mavericks. Um, they're still in a relatively early phase of a rebuilding year. Um, they're at 40 and a half wins, whereas uh, last year at 36. But Mark Cuban is obviously playing the long game on this, so uh, be interesting team to fo- uh, to follow this year. New Orleans Pelicans made that move in the offseason, getting Anthony Davis to the Lakers, getting like half of the Lakers roster. Uh, they drafted a, a guy named Zion who's already hurt. And they're obviously going to treat him with kid gloves. So it's another team that's clearly like the future is much more important than the present. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. But they do have some interesting pieces on that team. Detroit Pistons, they're kind of like uh, the Washington well, – I shouldn't say the Washington Redskins, but the Washington Redskins of old. They're like in purgatory. They got like Blake Griffin and, and Andre Drummond and guys like that who it's like – they're not young, they're not bad, but they're just kind of like in this purgatory of like, you know, finishing like 500. So their odds this year are 37 and a half. Last year they were 38 and a half. Um, so that's kind of just a, I wouldn't say an interesting team to look at, but definitely a team with a small range of outcomes. Titans. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Detroit Titans. Um, so Sacramento Kings, they, uh, shout out to Joey Simons, they, were 25 and a half games projected last year this year the 37 and a half so obviously they're uh kind of year three four of their rebuilding plan but it looks like they're starting to see some, some fruits of that rebuild uh but still kind of far from contention and they're in that really really tough division uh the minnesota timberwolves are 35 and a half this year last year they were 42 so they're kind of taking a step back um they kind of have Anthony Towns, but nobody else around him. So, uh, yeah, kind of an interesting spot there. Atlanta Hawks, they were 23-and-a-half last year. They're very young, but now they're all the way up to 33-and-a-half. They got Kevin Herter from Maryland. He had Terp. Uh, Trey Young, who's an absolute splasher. Uh, definitely a fun team to watch, but definitely a couple years away from contention. The Bulls last year were thir- uh, projected to win 30 games. They're at 32-and-a-half this year. They might make a playoff this year, but they, you know, their ceiling isn't higher than a seventh or eighth seed in, in the East. The Oklahoma City Thunder. This is a for me. I'm an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. They are doing a complete and utter rebuild. They have like they have like 18 first round picks in the next like five years. They traded Ed, you know, everybody with the Paul George trade, Chris Paul, uh, Russell West, Westbrook. They just I love how they kind of realize that, hey, this isn't working. And instead of just, you know, pretending like it's going to work, they just said, let's flip all our assets. Let's have two, three, five years of bad uh, basketball for the chance to be the next Warriors. And that's really what they're doing. So last year, that 48 and a half, 
uh, this year at 31 and a half. Um, you know, they'll trade Chris Paul when they can to even get more assets. Uh, I, I respect what they're doing. Uh, the Suns, your Suns, uh, 28 and a half. Uh, they're this year, or excuse me, last year they were 29. This year they're 28 and a half. So they're still uh, trying to put things together in your neck of the woods. The Memphis Grizzlies, they are 27 and a half wins. They're clearly rebuilding. Last year they were 33 and a half. Uh, Jerron Jackson, they got John ja Morant. They're building. It's just it takes time. The New York Knicks, uh, shout out to Liam, are 27 and a half. Uh, this year and last year they were 27 and a half. This is actually like the real Redskins of the NBA, from what I hear. Pure misery. Can relate. Feel bad for y'all. Life's too short. Pick another team. Uh, Washington Wizards. Speaking of uh, picking another team, they were projected to win 46 games last year. Now they're at 26 and a half. They kind of they're just I don't know. I'm in the DC area. We kind of talked about this in the interview, but with Deverick. The NBA is just not popular here. The Wizards really have never been popular here. Uh, they have a core, like a small core fan base, but nobody really cares about them in this town. This is a fucking Nationals town now, bro. Um, and they, uh, yeah, their expectations are 20 wins less now, so they're kind of at the very early stages of a major rebuild. Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, 30. They were projected to win 31 games last year. They are projected to win 24 and a half games this year. And last but certainly least, <laughs> the Charlotte <laughs> Hornets, 23 and a half wins are projected for this year. They are had 36 last year, so 12 and a half less than last year. Lost Kemba. I'm sure they lost more. I don't know enough about the NBA to know who else they lost, but they are the worst projected team in the NBA. It will be a fun year uh, to uh, follow and track. I do have five picks from Joey Simons, a good friend of ours, that he likes over-unders. Do you have any guesses on over-unders or any over-unders that you have an inkling on there, Rob, before we get to Joey's? So while you were talking through those, I looked at how last year ended up, and I feel surprised at I feel like I knew this last year, but it seems like there are straight up more losses than wins. So like the Suns at 19 wins, the Knicks at 17, and they're both in like the high 20s. They're over under. So on those just like dog shit bottom feeders, I guess my instinct is take the under, dude. Like these teams can win like 19, 20 games. It's not remotely out of the realm of possibility. Right. And it kind of, if you remember, we talked about with the baseball over unders, uh, how, now that we're in the age of tanking where the worst get worse and the better best get best, you know, better, I should say. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've, it's obviously already been ingrained in the NBA. Uh, so there's a little bit more of range of outcomes with that, but yeah, I mean, if you really can like focus on, and here's the other thing about the Suns that I like, it, you know, let's say the Suns under, which is actually one of Joey Simons' plays. He, they play in the toughest division. So they're going to play the Clippers, the Lakers, uh, the Warriors and the Kings. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, a, a large majority of your games are against the best teams. So exactly. I mean, you got a lot of things going for you there. So, uh, I mean, that was like I picked your Marlins the under this year and they were one of the lowest teams. And it was that exact reason. You know, the team's mm-hmm. tr- trading their best player, the catcher in division. They're clearly not trying to win. And, uh, you know, just just little subtle things like that. So, yeah, I think you're inkling a lot of this from a macro perspective is like don't overthink it. 
You know, like I I was screaming about the Redskins this year, and that's just because I follow them so closely. I'm like, just don't overthink it. Like, bet the under. Like, they're terrible. And that's what they've been, you know. So uh, you're right. And, that, and that's why I want to learn this industry because and, the, and follow the NBA because all you have to do really is maybe have a good feel, three or four teams, but you can get down a lot of money on a season-long bet like this. Because it's not like one game where it's like, all right, you know, you got you know a couple grand or whatever. Right? We're not going to take any more action because we can't balance it. Uh, a lot of these books, they're taking action from everywhere and they're taking thousands upon tens of thousands of dollars. So, I mean, you know, the scalability for these season long bets are, are really, you know, have a lot of potential. So that's why I'm getting into it. So anyways, the Suns, yeah, Joey's, uh, you know projection here for the under 29 and a half his comments were they just aren't a 30 win team in a western conference that got even better this year um and it's kind of a lot of what we said they, he just kind of sees them going towards tanking you know and w- why not shutting some guys down things of that nature he also has the raptors under 46 uh but they, they you know essentially had to gut a lot of that um roster they, they went all in for last year, and obviously they didn't get Kawhi, so they have holes, things of that nature. They're going to be competitive, but 46 is a lot of wins in his opinion. Um, they might trade Lowry, things of that nature. Uh, the Sixers over 54.5 says, I love their lineup this year, and I think they'll be top of the East. Oh, wow, look at this guy. He likes the Sixers too. Shit, I might get on the Sixers then. Um, yeah, Horford is going – to be a huge addition, uh, and I, I yeah I love their draft. The guy they got from uh, Washington is was the best defender in the in college basketball last year, and I made a lot of money off the Washington unders last year. And sometimes you just get you know you, you get a feel for a team. And that was a team I had a good feel for, and he got drafted by them. So um, I'll definitely be watching them. I like but, that for uh, for the Bryce Harper effect. Lose that player like Jimmy Butler's a great player, but all reports on locker room chemistry etc right uh, ideal addition by subtraction there yeah yeah i remember when uh they signed him and they're like yeah jimmy butler he'll do wonders for uh markel fultz is when of course fultz was still on the team but like <laughs> a really like shy teenager who's just can't be in public and here's jimmy butler <laughs> so yeah i that's, that's a great point um nuggets over 53 and a half um but he talks about how he likes the their lineup um you know, and just a really, really deep team, really, really deep team. And then finally, he has the Lakers under 50 and a half. Not super confident, he says, in the number, but uh, he just has a lot of moving parts. You got LeBron and Anthony Davis trying to figure things out. The West is ultra competitive, um, you know, so I actually like that as well. If I had to pick two, I would bet it would be Sixers over 54 and a half and Lakers under 50 and a half. I'll put like $100 on it just to have action. Um, but anytime I can root against the Lakers, I will do that. So be well worth hundred dollars. Yeah. I like that too. Lakers are super weird and you would also potentially benefit from, you mentioned at the beginning, like the championship, like lines have just moved cause books had to balance that. Mm-hmm. If you take the, the other side of that, can you possibly functionally benefit from that being like an inefficient, you know, too many people are putting money on Lakers for X, Y, and Z performance. Yeah, absolutely. You can just kind of the, you know, it's naturally inflated. Uh, you see that more with the the regular season wins being more of a true uh, power ratings usually. But the Lakers are such a a, um, a public team that it's always going to be naturally inflated a little bit. Um, but I mean, I think if you just look at it, there's just so many moving pieces, and 
yeah, like I said, the power. If you look at people's power rankings, who you trust or who I trust, they have the Lakers way closer to the pack than uh, than you know with the, the Clippers and things of that nature. So. Um, Plus, it's just going to take – Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James are just weird personalities. I think they're going to take a while to just feel each other out. Um, so, But, yeah, we'll see. That's my two cents. Uh, do you have any two cents on this NBA uh, season there, Rob? Um, no. No, I have zero cents on the NBA season. <laughs> um, I'm confident in defeating you once again in fantasy. That's really, that's really my only take here. Yeah, well, you stay in your division. We have two divisions, the West Coast and the East. So you stay in yours, and I'll stay in mine. And if you're lucky, I'll meet, see you in the championship. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, we kind of just want to dedicate this to the NBA. Um, like I said, we're all trying to use this as a trial year, everyone in our fantasy league, myself included, just for DFS and for betting purposes. So any feedback we can get, insight, uh, recommendations, please let me know. Um, you can let Rob know. I don't really care, but definitely let me know. <laughs> Because I, I, you know, I'm actively trying to, to get better at it and, and to, to learn it this year. So I think it'll be fun to, to learn it kind of as a group, as a podcast. So, but yeah, uh, better news is is college basketball starts in about two weeks. So I'm going to spend the rest of my time uh, preparing for that and continuing with the NFL. Uh, I'll put out my article tomorrow about my picks for this week for my the contest. I'll post that and of course I'll tweet out any plays I make. I did really well in my pick'em this week, Rob, but betting I did terribly, some of which uh, I had – well, we watched the Redskins 49ers game where the Redskins became the second team ever to cover without scoring a point. That was fun. I love losing money like that. <laughs> and then Russell Wilson uh, throws, a, throws a pick six while you know he's completely in control of a game, which that was fun. And then the Patriots just – poop on the jets which um yeah so it was just a great weekend for football for me but hey daniel perry got married shout out to to our brethren and uh we had a great time learned a lot and had fun all right dude well i guess i'll see you and everybody else next week peace